0: Worthy is the Lamb. Amen. Amen. Worthy to take away our sins and our shame and our iniquity and take a red, crimson stain and make it white as snow. Amen. Remove every mark of it. What a wonderful God we serve. Amen. Let's just go to Him in prayer. Father, we just come to you today once again. Lord, just needing you to reach down and touch our lives, anoint His Father. We yes, Lord, just speak to hearts, minister, strengthen. Lord, just help us to realize where we're at and who we are. And God, what you're doing among us, Father, how you're manifesting yourself so many times around us, Lord. Help us not to miss it. We just ask, God, that you would come, Lord, and take over my vessel, Lord. And I submit myself to you, Lord, to come under the anointing of the composer, Lord is asking that you take control. Lord, there be a need in this place, Lord, that whatever it may be, that you would meet it this morning, Father. You touch hearts and lives. You heard the requests, Lord, that we read, the needs, situations, and lives, ones that's not here this morning. Reach down and touch them, we pray. We commit this time into your hands, everything to be said and done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Romans 8. Good to be in the house of the Lord, amen. Amen. amen, to come into his house with thanksgiving, to give him praise and enjoy in the worship and the praise, he's worthy of it, amen. amen, amen, amen. So let's just read here in Romans 8 and verse 1, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, For the law of the Spirit of life is Christ Jesus, hath made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent in his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. And if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you, now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Amen. We'll let you be seated this morning. i <clears throat> like to Spoke Wednesday night on the same power. We'd like to speak this morning on the same spirit. Amen. The same spirit. We can we read where Paul was speaking about the law of sin and death, and we know that the children of Israel was under the law, and no matter how much they desired to do right, no matter how much they wanted to do right, no matter how much um, you know they hated the the life that they lived or what they were doing. There was no power that could help them to rise above that, and, and they would. And we know we know how, how we've been taught how that, you know, they would either maybe they had a, a, a spirit of adultery or something, or, or covetous, or lust, or a thief, or whatever uh, they whatever it was they had. They would come in and they would offer a sacrifice, and they would they would uh, give of their offerings unto the Lord, and they would ask God to forgive them. But they would go right back and they would do the same thing over and over and over. But as Paul is speaking of here, he said we have been made free from that law that if you sin, something had to die every time. It was, if you didn't, if it was eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And so if you'd done something wrong, you had to die. You had to give up or you had to give something of yourself, whether it be of your of your animals or property or whatever. And he said we've been made free from that because it. Christ Jesus has come and he has given of his own life and he has given of his own self so that we now can receive the spirit because a man, the spirit of the lamb or the spirit of the turtle dove or whatever could not come back upon the worshiper. It was an animal. It was just an offering of, of a good conscience that God would see the sacrifice and if he accepted the sacrifice Then he would also accept the the forgiveness and give the forgiveness for the sin. But here we know that in this day that we're living in, we're not living under the time of sacrifices. And so we have now, there's a power in the church that that they're not just living under a law of sin and then you're going to die, but someone came and gave his life for us. And that life was given so that the spirit of that life, amen, he come as a human, and he came down and he gave of him himself so the spirit of that life could come back upon you, amen. And so that's what, we're, that's what we're striving for, that's what we're looking for, and that's what we've been promising this day, that the same spirit that was in Christ can also be in you, amen. amen. So when God was in Christ, he had the spirit fully, he was God. Amen. He was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's what the scripture said. It was a fullness of God dwelling in one body. Amen. And so he was here. The spirit fully was in God. Now we, I'm just one of his servants. I'm just one of his sons. You're just one of his sons or daughters. We have the spirit by measure. Amen. But he had it without measure. Amen. So in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And me is maybe just a little gift or a little measure. And you just a little gift or a little measure. But no matter how little it is, it's the same spirit. Amen. So it'll produce the same life. It'll produce the same overcoming power just as he had when he withstood the enemy in every every way. And he's on the mountain when Satan come to tempt him. Amen. He went back to the word. And he, he, he never sinned. He never done wrong. Why? Because the spirit of God was in him. And it was greater than the enemy that would come against him and tempt him. Amen. So if you have that part of that spirit on the inside of you, and we know we know the scripture is when that body died, they, they stabbed him because it said no bone would be broken. When they come up to do that, there was a prophecy that kept him from breaking his bones, but they took a, a spear and they pierced his side. And out of his side come water, blood, and spirit. Amen. What was it? It was the the uh, molecules or the atoms to make a body, because God was wanting more than one body. He wanted a many-membered body. He was wanting more than just one man walking the shores of Galilee. He was wanting a bride. Amen. So he had to come and give of himself and give of his life and give of his portion and so that that body could be born. And we know on the day of Pentecost as they was there in the upper room and the Spirit of God fell upon them as the Scripture said they got in one mind and one accord and the power of God fell upon them and they began to speak in tongues and they begin to prophesy and all these things began to happen. Amen. What was it it was a life of God coming now into the believer. Amen because he promised. He said now I can't be with you always as one man. Amen Jesus Christ, but I'm going to send a comforter and he'll be with you always. Not only just with you, but in you. Amen. And so that power of God has come back into the church. Amen. And so we see here that it is the Spirit of God working in our midst. It's not just a, uh, uh, you know, just some Spirit. Now, we understand that the, the, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. We understand that there's false anointed ones at the end time. We understand that there's people that gets anointed by the Spirit, but we're talking about people that's not just anointed on their flesh, but filled with the Spirit. And so, if there's all, and also, if there's a false anointed ones, there has to be true anointed ones. Amen. There has to be true Christians. There has to be true sons and daughters of God. Amen. So let's look in here in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 1, and we'll speak about the spirit that is moving in our midst. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that your Gentiles carried away unto dumb idols, even as you are led. Wherefore, I give unto you to understand that there's no man speaking by the spirit of God calleth Jesus a curse. And that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. And so he's showing the anointing of God upon lives and the false anointed ones that are there. And so he says, but now there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. Amen. There are differences of ministrations but the same Lord. There are diversities of operation but it is the same God which working all in all. Amen, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all, for unto one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same Spirit, to another the workers of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, or diverse kinds of tongues, to others the interpretation of tongues, but all these worketh that one and the self same spirit, amen, dividing to every man severally as he will, amen. So, and for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we're all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, have been all made to drink unto one spirit, amen. It is God working in our midst. He may anoint this one to do this, or anoint that one to do that, or, hey amen, this preacher preaches this, or there's another gift here, but it's all the same spirit. Amen. Right. Hey you know, with God, there's no such a thing as a top 10 or favorite preacher list. Right. It's all the same spirit. Right. It's all God manifesting himself, because we know that God, God uses gifts. Right. There's certain gifts that can reach certain people. There's certain people that can reach some people that I can't reach. Amen, I can reach people that Brother Tim can't reach. Brother Aaron, Brother Joe can reach people we can't reach. You can reach people we can't reach. Amen, so God anoints you with the gift of God in your life. It's the same spirit. It's the same anointing. You say, well, I don't feel like a nobody. You have the same portion of the Holy Ghost. It's the same spirit. It's the same God working in his church. Amen. Amen. So we can see this also as he moved through the church ages. We can read. We can turn to Revelation 3 in verse 1. He says, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Once again, we see in the church ages, the spirit is revealing our gracious Lord to us by setting forth his wonderful attributes. This time he is standing in the midst of his church. Right here, we could read it, we could take the whole thing, but we ain't got time this morning. He, but he's standing in the midst of the candlesticks, which is representing the seven church ages. Amen. Are you part of that? So he's in the midst of her. Amen. Putting, putting forth the Spirit of God in her, the power to live right, the power to overcome. Right. Amen. So he says here, he's standing in the midst of the church. We see him as the one with seven spirits of God and the seven stars. So we know who the seven stars are. They're the seven messengers to the seven church ages. Right. Yeah. And we find that the seven, who the seven spirits refer to. This phrase, the seven spirits, is used four times in the Bible. Amen. For Revelations 1-4, we just read it from the seven spirits which are before the throne. Amen. Uh, Revelations 3-1 says here, these things saith he that hath the seven spirits. Revelations 4-5, the seven lamps are burning before the throne which are the seven spirits of God. Amen. For Revelations 5-6, he talks about the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Now it wasn't seven different spirits, but it was a manifestation of the same spirit. One God standing in the midst of the church. Amen. Lighting the candle of uh, Luther's day. Lighten the candle of Wesley's day. Lighten our candle of this day. It's the same spirit in the church. One spirit manifesting himself. Just as we read here in 1 Corinthians, it was one spirit manifesting himself in nine ways. Amen. It's one spirit manifesting himself in seven church ages. Amen. In Revelations 4, 5 of seven spirits, they're called the lamps of fire burning before the Lord. Since John always used nothing but the Old Testament symbols in Revelations, we can go to the Old Testament and find in Proverbs 20 and verse 27, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. So he's tying it in saying this is what God is doing. He is lighting lamps in every church ages. Lights in every church age. Amen. It's God manifesting himself in every church age. He's in the midst of her. He's in the midst of you this morning. You're not in this alone. You're not trying to fight this battle alone. God is with you. Hallelujah. God is with you. He's in the midst of his church. He's the one performing the signs. He's the one that's healing the sick. He's the one that's raising the dead. He's the one that's taking lost lives, bound for hell, and turning them around. He is in the midst of her. Hallelujah. Seven spirits. We can read here also and and realize in Revelation 5, it says the seven spirits are identified as the seven eyes. You you see, one lamb with seven horns, Seven eyes and seven spirits. One lamb. One God. Amen. Not three gods, not two gods, one God. Amen. So in Zechariah 4.10, it says, Who hath despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel. When those seven... With those seven, they are the eyes of the Lord. So he's tying it right back to the Old Testament again. It is the eyes of the Lord. Amen. But it's God moving. So don't despise the day of small things. We look at things sometimes, man, where is God at? And God's doing some mighty things in our lives. Don't despise the day of small things. Amen. So it it is very evident that that the word they refer to men. So we see men, God placing ministries, amen, putting the power of the Holy Ghost in lives of men. Amen. Putting putting our spiritual discoveries together is evident that the seven spirits of God refer to the continuous ministry of the same Holy Ghost through seven church age messengers to seven church ages which I believe we're living in a church age, the last one. Right. a church age, amen. These seven men are easily can be seen because the next phrase calls them the seven stars. And if you notice where they're at, they're in this hand. Amen, the stars were meant to reflect the light of the night. Not have their own light, but to reflect the light of the night. Amen. Amen. This is, what he, this is what it says here. They all did this by one spirit, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Paul, the first messenger, he said in Galatians 1.8 that if any angel or any messenger, any vicar, no matter who he was, if he preached any other gospel than what he preached, let him be accursed. Amen. Paul knew that after he was gone, that grievous wolves would come in. He knew that Satan would also show himself as an angel of light. He also knew that ministers would come. Amen. As a grievous wolves uh, dressed in uh, lamb's clothing, look good, act good, smell good, but inside nothing but a wolf. Why? Because their nature had never been changed. Amen. Begin to say certain things that Paul didn't say. Begin to preach things Paul didn't preach. Begin to say things that God is three instead of one. Baptized in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost instead of what it was put there. Amen. Not in titles, but in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This is what has happened in this age that we're living in. And down through the dark ages, it was men that was putting something out different than what Paul preached. But thank God in this hour, it has been restored again. Yeah. Hallelujah, back to the full power to where we can have the same Spirit of God working in our midst. We can see it in Martin, we can see it in Irenaeus and Paul, Irenaeus, Martin, Columba, Luther, Wesley, and all the way down to our day. Amen. Seven church ages, seven messengers. I and mean, Paul pronounced a curse on anyone who said he was a messenger but had a different gospel. That's what I love about this message that we believe, Amen. The messenger of this age did not come and have to write a new Bible. He's not the church. He's not like the Church of the Latter Day Saints or the Jehovah's Witness that had to go write their new Bible to, to match what they believed. No, he took a King James version and made it live again. Hallelujah! He didn't have to go write a new Bible. One of my first sermons I ever preached, I talked to my dad about feeling like feeling the call, and he said, "Good." He said, "I got a place for you to go." I said, "Where?" We had a we used to show goats, you know, and so they had a fair up there at at, uh, uh, in Shreveport, the Louisiana State Fair. He said, "I can't be there on Sunday, but you can." They want to have a service preached to them. I said, "Thanks, Dad." Uh, what do you mean, preach to him? What am I going to preach to him? He said, Oh, God, to give you something. Just, just pray about it. God, to give it to you. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> so I got to praying. I mean, yeah, praying. Lord, what in the world am I going to say? You know, I don't know what to say. Well, they don't want me. He said, They don't want me five or ten minutes anyway. You'll be fine. Thanks, Dad. So I got to look at it, you know. In the in the goat world, they have this thing called a scorecard. It's a, it's been put together by the by the whoever's in charge to say that this is what a goat should look like. And so when a judge is judging goats. They, don't, they look at a goat, and they try to apply it to a scorecard. And on the scorecard different parts of the animal, and it's given a certain amount of points. And so this judge in his mind is supposed to be looking at this, uh, this goat and say, No, it don't get 10, it gets 8, but this one gets 10. So it's gonna... And so by them points, they can put them in 1st, 2nd, 3rd, or 4th so I, I took that scorecard and I took it to him. I said, you know, I said, I've talked to many or we've heard from many breeders who say they don't, they don't like the scorecard. They, they like their animal better than the scorecard. I said, but they always consistently place last. <laughs> yeah. I said, because it ain't about making the scorecard match your animal. It's about breeding an animal to match the scorecard. Yeah, this is the absolute that's been given. This is how we're supposed to match up. By the way, and I took the Bible and I say, just like this Bible, it ain't about changing the Bible to match your life. It's about changing your life to match this Bible. Yes. Amen. Yes. And that's exactly what our desire is. Say, let the Spirit of God anoint the Word and anoint my life. And where I've done wrong, I say, I'm sorry, God. Yes. Change my life to match your word. Not your word that's matched my ideas. We got enough of that. Right. Yeah. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. So we see here. We see here that, that even in, in Revelation, he said, I'll add plagues written in this book. Or I'll take his part out of the book of life in Revelation 22, 18. So we see it's a very grievous thing to change the word. Amen. So we see the seven spirits here we're talking about referred to one spirit of God working out his will and the word of God in different generations. The spirit of God was mildly upon Elijah, but then the same spirit came upon Elisha in a twofold effect. Double portion. That's what Elisha asked for. He said, I want a double portion of what you got. But it was the same spirit. It was the same God that manifested in Elijah also came down to Elisha. To where he would grab the mantle of Elijah and he'd walk up to the to the River Jordan he'd smite and said, "Where is the God of Elijah?" And it would split open for him and he walked across it. Amen. It was God manifesting himself again in Elisha's work. We see the same spirit of Elijah also come in, the, in John the Baptist. And, and in this day, the same spirit has been identified again yeah. to, in, to in our generation. You know, somebody sent me a clip. It was some of some, uh, of, I don't know what denomination it was, but they come down to the end of it. He's talking about his mother and his her death, and there was two ministers, well known ministers there, was talking, and this man pulled out a, a picture of the pillar of fire that was taken over William Branham's head. Listen, the picture is not about William Branham, it's about that pillar of fire. It's the only photograph that's ever been taken. That, that even the, the George G. Lacey and all them, it's, I, I just got a picture of my father. He got a, a tour of the White House. Just We've been up there in Washington, D.C. at a brother's church. And they took him on a private tour, him and Brother Ron Spencer. And, and he sent me a picture back in, in the library there of them having that in their library. They know it's what it is. And this man's statement was, said, we know this man was real. He said, people say all kinds of things about William Brandon, but we know he was real. His prophecy was real. He said, there's nothing that you, you couldn't say anything against what he would say. If it's thus saith the Lord, it's thus saith the Lord. He said, but we do know he got off at the end. Really? Because it didn't go along with their teachings. So if that's the truth, I got off too. Amen. I ain't following that stuff down to, uh, down to Sodom. Amen. That's not where I'm going. I'm getting out of here. Hallelujah. There was a message given in this generation, not for staying here and going through all that stuff. It's for getting out of here. Amen. And so we have seen the repeat of the spirit of Elijah. Not Elijah, as far as the same man, but the same spirit. It was the anointing of Christ upon a man. Only God can know the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's why we still say his word is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Because it's God. It ain't man, it's God. That's why you can come to church and your conversations can be repeated across the pulpit by a minister ministering the word. How many has that happened to? Amen. It happens. Why? Because it's God. It ain't a man. It's God. The self, same spirit that would tell the Pharisees, this is what you just said in your mind, in your heart. This is what you, and we can read it in the Bible time after time. He did that to them. It's the same God with the same spirit moving in his church again. So the scripture says that God anointed Jesus at Nazar of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, and he went about healing and doing good, setting free those that were oppressed by the devil. As Jesus went away, he told his disciples to tarry in until Pentecost, which is Acts two. Amen. At the very same time, the very same spirit that was upon him would come back and fall upon them and fill them also. Then that called out body, that church of Jesus Christ, he would be his head, his, it would be his, in his stead upon earth taking his place. Amen. Because the same spirit that was in him was now in them. And they would do the very same works. And they did it. And any people that's truly the body of Jesus Christ will manifest the same works as Jesus did. Hallelujah, Amen. The same works. Well, we got miracles and we got signs and we got same. What about overcoming lives? Amen. Just recently, one of the head men there in Shreveport, a pastor, has methamphetamine in his in his house. What? We're talking about the same spirit, right. not just emotions, not just jumping and dancing, right. not just speaking in tongues. On, We're talking about the same spirit that are come to a life and so change them, right. that will break them from the law of sin and death and set them at liberty. Right. Amen. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Hey, I'm looking at a people today that are at Liberty. You you do all the drugs you want to do, you smoke all you want to smoke, you do all these things you want to, you don't want to. Why? Because your nature has been changed. The power of God is coming to a life. But men have now preached that out. Saying, well, God, you know, you just, you just be a good Christian, be good to somebody and. You'll make it, and yeah, you've still got these issues, and we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Make excuses for the life that they live. But there is an overcoming life. There are true Christians in this world, born-again Christians, filled with the Holy Ghost. The same power that withstood the devil and everything that on that mountain and take him back to the word again. That same power is in hearts and men and women today. That same spirit is there in men and women today. Hallelujah. The spirit comes upon the spirit that's in the church, the real church, the true church, God's church, God's people. Oh, my. Amen. Oh, that's a mouthful. Say it again. The spirit that's in the church, the real church, true church, God's church, God's people. Amen. Amen. The spirit that's in them the same, is the same spirit that was in Christ with a promise. Right. It's a spirit with a promise. That the works that I do, shall you do also. The same overcoming life that I have, shall you have also. The same power over the enemy, shall you have also. The same ability to speak to a storm, shall you have also. The same ability to speak to demons that torment you, shall you have also. Hallelujah. We're talking about the power of God that's in the church. The Spirit, the same one that was in Jesus, is also in you. It has quickened lives to where they realize, I ain't a dead man somewhere in sins and traditions of man, but I have been made alive. Hallelujah. It's the same Spirit that raised them from the grave. It's now dwelling in human beings. What a power. He'd been dead, laying there for three days. But there was a prophecy that was spoke of a resurrection of a body. And devils was trying to hold him down because they knew if he ever got loose from there, it would have to be who he said he was. Hallelujah, but there wasn't a devil that could keep him bound because there was a word that said, I will rise again. Woo, glory to God. Maybe you've been sealed in all kinds of things, in tombs of devils, but you're not to stay there. There's a word that says you will rise again. And there's a spirit that will back up the word of God. Hallelujah. The devil wants to hold you down with all kinds of things. There is a promise. The works that I do shall you do also. The same spirit that raised him up from the grave is now living again with the same power, with the same manifestations, the same healing virtues, the same God. There's still a God here today that can step on the brow of a boat and say, peace be still. Amen. He said, "Well, I just, I believe the message. I believe the word. I believe the Bible. There has to be a spirit that quickens it." On, right. Just believing ain't all about what it is. There has to be a spirit that quickens. The word says the word, the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. Right. The, the Pharisees, they had the word. Right. They believed the word. They, they quoted the word to Jesus. That's right. They they, they had the word. They studied the word. They knew the word. But when the word came walking in front of them, they failed to recognize it. Why? Because the spirit wasn't, they wouldn't allow it to quicken them. But there were some people that have seen that word walking and said, there he is. Hey Amen. There he is. There's my only hope. Mary Magdalene said, there he is. There's my hope. It's the Spirit that does that. It's the Spirit that quickens the Word. It gives the Word life. It gives it wings to fly. Hallelujah. It's the Spirit that does that. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 1. It says, Do we begin again to command ourselves, or need we as some others epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You are epistles written in our hearts, known, and read of all men. In other words, your life will preach more than your words will. Oh, we can say all kinds of words, but the spirit ain't there to quicken it. It's dead letter. And we're just walking around dead men. And dead men walk. Hey Amen. You know, I wasn't I even thinking about watching it, but you see advertisements of the walking dead, you know, they're putting out. Maybe they caught some inspiration somewhere. There's some walking dead. They walk dead as a doornail and sit on a pew somewhere. <laughs> oh, man. Let me go on. For as much as you are, ma- I said somewhere. <laughs> For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered to us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Oh, well, if he's a living God, he's going to have a living people. Amen. Amen. Not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Oh, yeah. That's why God, he's a good, he's a good doctor. He goes in there and cuts that old stony heart out of you. Because that ain't what he's writing it on no more. He's not writing a bunch of rules and regulations upon stony hearts. Amen. Amen. It wouldn't hold them then. It won't hold them now. Amen. He's not here to write a bunch of rules and regulations, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. But he cuts that old stony heart out and he puts a new heart in there. One that he can live in, one that he can breathe through, one that he can speak through, one that he can talk through, one that he can put his life into. Right. Yeah. Amen. Fleshly tables of the heart, and such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything is of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Amen. Who also hath made us able ministers of the new testament, not of the letter but of the spirit for the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. But if the ministration of death written and engraved in stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. Hallelujah. Amen. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. For if that which had done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing then we have such hope. We use such plainness of speech and not as Moses would put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament. And that's the truth. They still read about his bones will not be broken. Just right over there in Israel today, they still read that prophecy and not realize it was fulfilled 2,000 years ago. They have the word and they're trying everything they can to bring it to pass, but not realizing it's already done. But that's not nothing for us to laugh about or ha, ha, ha. It was done that we may see him. God's mercy. Amen. Nevertheless, when it shall to be turned to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. But now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. So it's no longer just laws and regulation to a born again son or daughter of God. We don't look at this message as some kind of rules. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do it. We look at it as a love language. As God so loved me that he would protect me from those things. And I so love him, I don't want to do those things. Brother Donnie said it that way, and I've said it before, repeating him, but it's a wonderful illustration. He said, I don't look at this message as some walls that keeps me from doing something. He said, it's not what it is to me. He said, this message is my castle. It's my protection. Hallelujah. Amen, sisters. That's what it does. It's protecting your uh, your virtue. It's protecting everything about you. You brothers, it's protecting you also. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. The Spirit takes it from being a law of death unto a word of life. From I can't do this to I don't have to do it. Hallelujah, from I can't until I don't have to. I don't have to be bound by that devil. Now, the wheat alone is just a wheat. But when the life, the life is of that, if it was just just, just a stalk there or something, to be just a dead stalk, but it has to have life in it that makes it bring forth life. It gives it life. And we were who once were dead, made in the image of God, yet dead in sins and trespasses. There's some way God had to get that quickening life into those mortal bodies. Yeah. Because it wasn't, here. he tried, he, 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 that's what he wanted at the beginning. He didn't want to give them a bunch of laws on tables or stone. Right. He wanted to give them his life. Yeah. He wanted them to love him. He wanted them to serve him because of love. Not because of something written on a stone somewhere that said they couldn't do it, right. but that they, they loved him so much. And there was a power in them, but they, couldn't, they, they didn't have that, so they couldn't live it. But he said, I got to get that in that heart. Right. So we see here, God had to get this quickening life in the immortal bodies. He said, I'm talking about your body. Yeah, let's bring it right down to who we're talking to. Jesus was a word. John 1 said, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and on down the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And so as the promised Messiah, He quickened every word that was prophesied that He would do. Right. Every word. Yeah. Amen. He healed the sick where it said He would heal the sick. He raised the dead where it said He would raise the dead. He, he was born of a virgin. He, he, he was the Word manifested here on earth, and He could not do it just as a man. In a man's body, but he had to have the Spirit of God living inside of him. And we know that that's what happened at the Jordan River when he was baptized. The, the dove came down upon him. What was that? The sign of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God coming into a life. Now, we've been taught that all through that time, David, all the different men of God, they had the anointing of the Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit would come and anoint David. He'd go out and fight a Goliath. He would go out and do mighty things. But then it, then it, he would look, and he would begin to lust upon a woman, Bathsheba. And that, that Spirit began to pull back from him until he would go and commit adultery. Why? Because it wasn't on the inside of him. It was not a seal. Now, here's the first man in history, Jesus Christ, of made of flesh. A man, he was a man of flesh. But he wasn't just a man of flesh. God came down and dwelt inside of him. Not upon him, not with him, but in him. It was God veiled in flesh. He said, in whom I am well pleased to dwell in. Amen. Dwell in, dwelling in him, begin to quicken the promises to, of him. Yeah. Jesus being a man himself, the body, but it took the spirit of him. The spirit of God, the spirit is not me that doeth the works. It's my father that dwelleth in me. It is he the one that does the work. Jesus himself was a word because God manifested himself right. through him. He was predestinated by foreknowledge of God. How God's plan would be that he would send a redeemer and the redeemer could only be his only son. So God's promise all the way from the garden of Eden, I'll send a seed that'll bruise the heel of that serpent. That promise has been rolling through ages, through ages, through ages. Year after year after year. Is this a year? No. 600 more years. 1,000 more years. All of a sudden, it found a little virgin womb. That's right. Yeah. The one that God would come down, and he would say, you're going to receive a child. By, you'll be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. And inside you will be conceived a son, and you'll call his name Jesus. It was God coming to take on human battles. He didn't know what it was like to go what you're going through. He didn't know what it was like to be tormented. He couldn't, he couldn't feel those things. He had to come like you were. Right, yeah. So he would know how your day is. That's right. well, thank you, Jesus. And he came. And the word began to be manifested in him. He had come to be a redeemer. The law had failed. Other things had failed. It takes a redeemer. And here he's the promised redeemer. And now... If that same spirit that was upon him to be a redeemer in that age and we have accepted now the promise of this last day, what's going to take place in us? If that same spirit caused him to fulfill the word for his day, what about us? If we have the same spirit been broke out, amen, a portion of the same spirit but it's the same spirit. Hallelujah. And we become part of that word. And we're living in the last days. Been redeemed to him because the same spirit that dwelt in Christ is now dwelling in you. It's quick in your life to this age and to its promises. That you will fulfill the promises. It also in the end time quickens your mortal body. It resurrects them. It brings them up again. It takes the gloom of death away. Amen. As Paul said as we read it, if the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, it will also quicken your mortal bodies. This is the same spirit that raised him up that quickens this true believer to eternal life. The spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead now dwells in the believer and it quickens the believer to believe the promises of God. It quickens him to eternal life. There's only one life, only one eternal spirit, yeah. only one eternal life, and that's God. That's right. God alone is eternal. And we, being his children, are part of him, attributes of his thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and the thought is expressed, and now it becomes word or made flesh that's right. in its generation. So you had to be in his thinking. To be made flesh here. To be filled with his spirit. So God thought about you before there ever was a tormenting devil. (laughs) Before there ever was a sickness. Before there was any kind of trouble that ever hit the earth. You was already in his mind. So when all that came, that didn't change his mind about you. That didn't change his mind about whether you're going to overcome or not. That didn't change his mind about whether you're going to live or not. Or whether you're going to die or not. Or when when your time to go is not. That didn't change nothing about you. If we could realize that our circumstances and our devils that we face do not change who we are. Then no power that comes against you will ever prosper. No weapon that comes against you will realize it can't do nothing unless God allows it to be so. He came, but not just to not just to produce one son. He wanted many sons and daughters to express a thought to become word, the word to take life and to become eternal. That's the reason why we have eternal life. It's the same principle that the great son of God, the redeemer, as, the, as, as he became the redeemer, we become sons and daughters of God through the same spirit. Amen. It's the same spirit that quickened the word in Jesus. is the same one that's quickening words today in people's lives. The Spirit quickened their fellowship with God so, and the apostles and believers of old, the Spirit quickened the fellowship of God so that they could call back to life those that were dead. They laid their bodies upon the dead and they came to life. They'd done the same things Jesus did because it was the same Spirit. And we have seen the same things happen in our day. We just heard the testimony again about Brother Gary Stanke that that was laying dead. I mean, he was a dead man of all all intents and purposes. Hadn't been eaten for I don't know how many days, many days. But a man walks in there on the unction of the Holy Ghost and begins to talk with him and begins to speak to him. And then God comes down on the scene and he speaks to that man and says, Brother Gary, you're to come out of here. You're to live. And that man went immediately to beginning to eat again in just a few days out of the hospital. It was the same God. Amen. It was the same God that would speak to a man as he's finishing up his message and call a little bald-headed girl up to an altar and pray for her. And God give her back her hair again. It was God. manifesting himself in his church. Same spirit. But how much more wonderful is it that it's not just healings and signs and miracles and wonders? Because the devil, he can, he can do so. He can, make, he can get copycat. He can do all kinds of things. False anointing ones at the end of time. He can do what, some of those things under anointings and move men and do things by the power of God and moving men to do things. But one thing he can't do is change a life. He can't take a life that was, all he can do with a life is take it down further and further and further and further. He can't take a life and turn him around and make him to where he never wants to smoke again, drink again, do all these things no more. But that's the power of a living God. Living inside of somebody. Men and women, teenagers that go to school. the same spirit so how can some come and say he's got the spirit of God and deny the works of God well I can still do this and I can still that but by by God I'm still a Christian I'm saved I'm filled with the Holy Ghost no if you're saved and really filled with the Holy Ghost you'll do the same things live the same life because it's the same spirit Well, I, I just don't believe God worried about that no more. No, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right. There's laws of God that, don't, that can't be changed. Right. There's attributes that he cannot change. There's, there's things that he cannot. Uh, laws that have been laying, laws of God. Uh, I mean, the law of gravity, just the law of gravity. How long has that been lasting? Seeds shall bring forth after their kind. How long has that been lasting? I, I don't, I mean... Well, Lord, help me here. I mean, as far as I know, I've seen nothing but a dog give birth to a dog. Cat give birth to a cat. The only thing that's come real close to changing is humans. Sometimes you wonder, what in the world is that going down the street? It's the truth. But we know what it is. It's a manifestation of a spirit. And not the spirit we're talking about here. Amen. Doing all these things. And, but yet still, some of them call themselves Christians. Just at a local church, met, a, met the local youth pastor at a coffee shop. Hair down to his way down and all kind of tattooed up. And I, What? That ain't the spirit of Christ. That's the spirit of a religion. A man-made creed that says you can live that way and still be saved. No, it's going to take the spirit of God living in lives to go in a rapture. We're talking about, a, I'm, I'm speaking to rapture people here this morning. Yes, I know there's going to be a multitude without number that's going to go through the tribulation and be raised up in the white throne judgment that will be given life. Some of them may have tattoos. Some of them may have smoked and drank, may have done things. But God to give them life for some reason or somehow. I don't know. That's up to him. But to go in this rapture, you have to have the token. And the token is the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost will make you act the same way he did while he was here on earth. Amen. Attributes of God. God said in this day, back in the beginning, but on a certain day, John Doe will be my servant. Millions of years ago, he said it. But now John Doe comes, he's born in sin, shaped in iniquity, coming to the world, speaking lies, because he's immortal. Maybe he gets a little religious feeling. He'll go join a church. He'll join a Pentecostal church, jump from there to the Methodist or wherever, go over this, that, and the other, Looking might join anything. But when he gets on the atmosphere of a real, true spirit of God, John Doe, if he's a son of God, will recognize who his father is. Amen. Just as that eagle recognized who his mother was, it's got to realize it. Only that John Doe is God's attribute, so it's become word spoken. Then the Holy Spirit begins to speak, seek out that word. And he begins to call to him, gives him, and then he gives him everlasting life. And he brings him into the presence of God. God had the same when he saw Jesus. It was a finished work that God finished with Jesus. And he said, it's finished. And when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you truly are one of God's attributes that he spoke of. If you're not, you'll wonder, you'll frustrate, and you'll flop around. You'll run to and fro, everything else. Never come to the knowledge of the truth. But if you're one of those, I'm one of them. The old things pass away real quick. I don't want to be that old man no more. I was never happy being that old boy. Hallelujah, there was something on the inside of me that wanted more of God. You're ready to obey every word God has spoke of you. you are being submissive to his word. Listen, Jesus fulfilled some words that wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to go to the cross. He sweated it out until the scripture said blood was coming out of his pores. I don't know if we, any of us has ever been that desperate. But he come to that moment. Not my will but thy will be done. Shows you what the Holy Ghost will do for you to kill your will. That's right. Not me, Lord. Not what I want. It's what you want for me, Lord. That's right. it's what you desire of me. Quickening. It's quickening spirit on people. Amen. It's a quickening power. Oh, there's a lot of mockery to it. There's a lot of people really think they got it, but they haven't. There's a lot of people do it because they have some false impression of what they've seen other Christians do. Satan can impersonate a lot of that. We know that. We've seen it. As missionaries, seen, seen it. Impersonated. Shouting, dancing, speaking in tongues, all this. You can see it impersonated anywhere. Among heathen people who deny, and amongst heathens and people who deny there's such things as Jesus Christ being the Son of God. And they do all these things themselves. Why? They're trying to manufacture something. But the real, true Quickening spirit that comes to believer quickens him to God's word. And that's back to eagle food again, right back to where he lives. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Amen. It's a quickening power. It came upon the people as it did upon Pentecost. How they acted. They were quickened by this quickening power that we're talking about. On the day of Pentecost, they were waiting there. In themselves, they were afraid, they were hiding. They were tore up. They were nervous. They didn't know what was next. They just seen their leader crucified, All right. All right. seen him ascend, and he said, "Go, Terry, in Jerusalem until you're in with power from on high." And they find themselves there. There's something they knew he had risen. They talked him on the way, but here on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, the abstract, fell upon the believers. That made them part of his resurrection. Made him part of their made them part of his fellowship. The Holy Spirit came and confirmed to them that he would what he would that would that he would raise them up because he, they were potentially raised then from cowards to brave men. Amen. God changed their lives, totally changed them. I mean, Peter's one of the greatest examples of a life changing experience. No more was he a coward to tell somebody about what God did for him. No longer was he a coward to tell somebody that on this day, I was changed. Amen. Change them. They were afraid of the very word there, but they, they begin to be changed and something happened. Yeah. That's why we got to be careful. It's not just about believing the word. Oh, I believe the message. No. You got to have that experience. there's a lot of people the devil believes and trembles he knows what the truth is he knew who Jesus was they begin to realize devils begin to scream and torment why are you come to torment me before my time they knew what kind of power he had they witnessed it while men on the other hand were calling him Beelzebub and calling him the devil and here's the devil laughing at him because he knows who he is amen See, God is wanting to fill people, every fiber, right. every place, not just on Sundays and Wednesdays, That's right. That's right. not just to be a good Sunday Christian, every day, yeah. in the workplaces, school, wherever you're at, malls, whatever. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Hey you, you can't take Brother Tim with you to pick out your clothes, but you can take the Holy Ghost with you. Yeah. Yeah. He'll lead you to the right, tr- uh, the right choices. <laughs> Amen. He'll lead you right to the right places. You can't take Brother Tim to every place you go to, but you can take the Holy Ghost with you. And then there'll be something quick in your heart and say, no, this ain't a place you ought to be. You need to get out of here. That's the Holy Ghost. Leading and guiding to all truth. Leading and guiding to all holiness, to righteousness. Here they were in the upper room and the presence of God began to fall upon them. It came the Holy Spirit down from heaven. It quickened them. Quickening took place. They wasn't afraid to make witness of the message that they believed and knew to be the truth. Oh my mercy. But it's not just believing. It's an experience that goes with it. God done something. Those Pharisees believed in many things to be the truth. They said, we're God's children. Maybe they said, we're we're of Abraham, and they were. They were born of the seed of Abraham. God's children. He had birthed them all the way down through the Old Testament, and here they were. But the word began to come before them, and they didn't allow it to quicken them. He says here, I wonder today where we're at. Where is this resurrection that's coming finding you? Are you going to dare to step out with him? Or will you dare to take God at his word? If you're ordained to life, you'll do it. If you're an evil, you can't help but do it. There's something in you. Oh, you don't, you, you don't, maybe you serve a creed and you say, I go to church, I'll just be as good as you are. You have no birthright. You never see it. You can't sue it. But if you do hold the possession of this birthright, you can't help but see it. Because it's part of you and you're part of it. How can I deny the mother that gave me birth? How can I deny that Tim Pritch, my father, I can't do it. I couldn't do it. I'm willing to stand the reproach, whatever it is, because I'm his son. And then being a son of God, he was the word of God. How can I deny this Bible from being true? How can I deny that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? How can I deny that he still don't heal the sick? He still don't raise his dead. He's not coming back with resurrection power. How can I deny that? I can't do it. God vindicated word. My. Let me skip a few things here. The very essence of this message is that he's risen from the dead. He's not dead. Therefore, he's a living God in a living people. Because if this living God's in you, you're not dead either. You can't be dead. Amen. Amen. Because we've seen what this living God would do to dead people. Lazarus, come forth. And if he didn't say Lazarus, they'd all came out of the grave. Lazarus, come forth. And here comes a man been dead four days. Wrapped up in all kinds of things. But the word that was for him spoke and went. And the spirit followed that word. And the word fell upon a dead body. Four days in the grave. Nose sunk in. And it began to quicken on the inside of him. To a man that was dead. Blood wasn't moving no more. Heart wasn't beating no more. Liver wasn't working. Kidneys wasn't functioning. Nothing was happening. He was dead. But there was a word that went forth. And it went down through those tombs. And it fell upon the one it was sent to. And the Spirit was following that word. And it fell upon that word. And it quickened it to that body. And up come a dead man. Hallelujah. I've seen many dead men. Have you ever one was dead in sins and trespasses? But you hath he quickened. Maybe he was laying dead in a bar room or out on some kind of place somewhere or in some creed or dogma, but the Word was spoke of you. And it began to search down through streets, down to a certain address, come into a certain doorway, into a certain bedroom, and fall upon your life. And he began to scream out, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I believe you, Father. He says, we're his beneficiaries, so we share in the resurrection with him. We draw benefits from this by proving to the world that he's alive. We cannot do it by word only, we cannot do it by some traditions of men. He said, I'm afraid today that too many of us are not getting people to Christ. We get them to church, we get them to a theory but we have to get them to Christ. Listen, young people, going to this church is not what's going to save you. Or anybody, I won't just limit that to young people, anybody. Going to this church is not what's going to save you. Finding Jesus Christ is what'll save you. We must get them to Christ. He's the only one. The only one that has this life, he that has the son hath life. And if the life of a man that's dead been projected in you, you'll live the same life he lived. Yeah. That's right. Hey Amen. If, if the life of John Wayne was projected in some of you, you'd wear some boots and a gun on your side and a hat. Go ahead, pilgrim, whatever you said. <laughs> Have a certain walk. Why? Because you have the life of another man being projected. You've seen people not pick up the spirit of Christ, but they pick up the spirit of another man. And they begin to imitate what that man does and how he preaches or how he talks or how he acts, how he commits a business, whatever he does. And they try to emulate that, but that's not who we're not here to emulate a man. Or to copycat a man or where he is or how he does things. We're here to be filled with Jesus Christ. The spirit of Christ. Not with some creed or some dogma or some church theology or some church, the, some church building. That's not why we're here. We're here for one thing. And that's the body words of the son of man. The life of him to come on the inside of us. If the blood of a man was a certain type, you took the blood from one man and changed the blood to another man. He'd absolutely be that type of blood. And if your spirit that's in you is reckoned dead and you're anointed with the spirit that was in Christ is in you, Romans 8, 11. If the spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you, it'll also quicken your mortal body, that same life, them same powers, them same heirs that he had here on earth from God. He redeemed you, a seed that was foreordained by God, whose names were put on the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. And the devil can't do nothing about it. Amen. Hallelujah! Why it's the same life. It's a live voice. How do we know he was a Christ? He proved what he was talking about. He lived what he was talking about. How do I know the message of the hour? God proves what He promised. That identification that we are beneficiaries with Him in the resurrection. He proves what He talked about. What he promised to do in Christ, he proved in the resurrection. What he's promised to do in the days of Moses, he promised it. What he promised to do in the days of Enoch, he fulfilled it. What he promised in the apostles, he's doing it now. In this day, he proves what he said. And he backs up what he said. And if there's life here to be redeemed, there ain't a devil that's going to keep him from it. If the word's been spoke for your resurrection, there ain't enough dirt of a devil that can be thrown over the top of you. There ain't enough decay that can be put in your life and sin and unbelief that can be laid there. If there's a seed on the inside of you and it's predestinated to life, it will come. It will come. Mercy. What a mighty God we serve. But we can see in the Old Testament, it was God above them, moving. Then in 2,000 years ago, it was God with them, walking with them on the shores. But God was wanting to make himself manifested even to a greater measure. God in them. It was God above that could not be touched. But when God came and was walking among them, he said... And, and Timothy there he said, We handle him with our hands, God. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, for God was manifested in the flesh, seen of angels, believed on in the world, received up in the glory. That was God with us. God over us, God with us, now God in us. And all that God was, he poured into Christ. And all that Christ was, he's poured into a church. Boo devil Hallelujah yeah. well, All that God was We look at God We thank God You're so mighty God you're so great Look at this world Look at this universe How could I ever you know? I could never come up With something so wonderful You're a great God, great God. We look at him Walking the shores of Galilee You're a great God Wow look what you've done Look why you've done this And you healed And you delivered And you set free You died You rose again What a great God But he wants to bring it right here. What a great God! What a great God! A God that can lift you up out of the miry clay and put you on a rock to stay above sin, above unbelief, above every wiles of the enemy. What a great God! What a great God! What a great God! God. God. So that that day you'll know that I am the Father, the Father in me. And I and you. And you and me. It's been God all along. His same works. The church is ordained to carry on the same works by the same Spirit. You couldn't carry on the same works without the same Spirit. So God gave you the very same Spirit so you could do the very same works. And as he overcame, you shall also overcome. He conquered both death and hell. He rose up on the third day saying, I have overcome. And because I live, you shall live also. Oh, It's a little deeper than just breathing what he's talking about. Because I live. How did he live? Above every devil. Above every enemy that would come against him. I stood against everything that would come. And so shall this bride of Jesus Christ. To him that overcometh. He said it with such confidence. He didn't say to him that it might be there, or may be there, if just in case somebody makes, it. He said to him that overcometh. In our day, he spoke it with vindication. He spoke it with authority because he knew his word would not return into him void but it was going to accomplish what it was sent to do. Why? Because the same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead was going to anoint some overcomers, was going to anoint some people in this hour to overcome every devil. Oh, what a promise. He conquered the grave. He rose up on the third day. Why? For our justification. He was our justification. He was our sanctification. He conquered sickness. He conquered death. He conquered hell. He conquered the grave. He conquered temptation. Yeah, right. Now we are more than conquerors. Right, Amen. Wow. <laughs> mm, Jesus, help me. More than conquerors through him that loved us. And gave his life, being royal seed, with the same Spirit of God in us that was with him. We're more than conquerors. Every gate has been conquered. The only thing we have to do is possess it. There's your battle. Possess it. It's already been taken, just possess it. Sickness is conquered. So if sickness is conquered, Take your healing. Yes. amen. Possess it. Death is conquered. Hell is conquered. Grave is conquered. Everything is conquered. And we hold the keys. Hallelujah. Are you afraid to stick them in the lock and say, I've come in the name of Jesus Christ. Ask the Father anything in my name and I'll do it. Turn the key and see if it'll work. Yes. Amen. Amen. You turned the key this morning. You had some confidence in a battery in an automobile. Psh- or, 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 went on down the road and you got here, right? Yeah. Anybody walk? No, we all come here and up. Well, maybe brother. Aaron. <laughs> His truck must not have started. <laughs> oh, my. He lives just right here if anybody don't know. But anybody more than a mile, did you walk? Oh no, you had confidence in the key to go in the car. A battery that will fail. How many has have ever had a battery fail? An ignition that will fail. A key that will fail. Amen. Things that are made by man will fail. But you had such confidence, you didn't even think about it this morning. You grabbed your keys. After some of you looked for them for 30 minutes because you forgot where they were at. But you grabbed your keys. And you stuck them in there without even thinking about it. And you turned it because you had confidence it would work in a battery that'll fail in a car that'll fail might not even have gasoline in it we didn't even think about it we just got in it and we came to church in stuff that will fail are you afraid to grab the key that's been given to you and turn it and put it into a word that cannot fail Hallelujah. If it says I'll heal you, put your key in there and turn it and see if it'll work. If it said I will deliver you, put your key in there, turn it, and see if it'll work. It's got to work every time because it can not fail. Hallelujah. It's been connected to the throne of God by the Holy Ghost. The same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead also dwells in you. It has to work. There ain't a devil that can keep it from happening. They can't cut the wires, they can't drain the battery, they can't take the spirit out of it because it's not theirs. It's God and He gave it to you. My God. What a great God we serve. It's the same spirit. You need to look at that devil and say, I come in the name of the Lord. Ask the Father anything in my name, I'll do it. Mercy. After 2,000 years have passed, still he's in their midst. Talking about our generation now. 2,000 years have passed. He's been standing in the middle of that candle, yeah, yeah. giving life. Yeah. And it ain't about to run out. It ain't dimming down. It's just as bright as it ever was. We are just living in a darker time. It's just as bright as it ever was. It ain't, it ain't running out. It's still there. He's still in the midst 2,000 years later. The mighty conqueror that rent the veil in two. He took every sickness. He took every disease. Everything upon himself. And bore our infirmities to the cross. Our sickness. Our death. And he triumphed over every one of them. And he raised up for our justification. Stands alive 2,000 years later. To manifest himself as a living Jesus Christ. Amongst the royal seed of Abraham. Who's heirs to all things. Hallelujah. Those who after goes to the test, promise of the word, filled with the Holy Ghost, your are heir to all things. Amen. Amen. But here he is. He says, you come. You, take the, you can't take the word test and you doubt it, a little suspicious of it, can't hardly believe it. There's something you can't believe. There's something wrong somewhere. He says, you don't have to come to a prayer line. He said, I wouldn't even fool around the altar until you get enough grace to know that God's word is true for you. And when you once break through the veil of unbelief, you got the keys in your hands of death, hell, and the grave, because you got a conqueror who conquered it for you. Then you got Hebrews 13, 8 that tells us Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Other uh, people say today, well, oh, well I'll tell you, it's a, he's a in certain, a certain way. No, the Bible said he's the same. Right. Oh, well, he doesn't do that today. No, the Bible said he's the same. Yeah. We find it right today when we see his word vindicated. The real seed of Abraham believes it. They know it. He stands tonight as he met Abraham there in the days of Lot and performed that miracle as he was telling Sarah in the tent behind him. Jesus promised the royal seed of Abraham that your church would see the same thing just before his coming. And we've seen it. It has to happen. God promised it. Jesus Christ confirmed it. And here we are today, 2,000 years later. And he's still in the midst. Oh, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it shall be given. That's his word. Put the key in and turn it. The word Christ, that's the word Christ. That's your heart. If you abide in me, my words abide in you, then you conquered everything because I conquered it for you. If you abide in me, if you can understand me, if you can believe me, if you can abide in me, he that believeth me, that receiveth me, not just make-believe, but receive me with their heart, and heareth my words, and understandeth my words, believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but has passed from death and the life. There he is, the mighty conqueror. He's still in the midst. Hallelujah. Here he is today, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Here he is performing before the seed of Abraham that's been called out of At Sodom, called out of the world, separated, showing his promise is exactly the same. Here he is 2,000 years ago, still in the midst. The mighty conqueror, the word of God, who can discern the thoughts that's in the hearts and the intents thereof. Let me read this one more. There came forth a vine with his roots in glory. That's what we're talking about. With his branches on earth to produce a church of the living God. That will show forth his resurrection and his power. Who is these men and women that can deny the church? The vine of the living God, never failing presence of the Lord Jesus with his church to live and show forth his predestinated branches that he caught before the foundation of the world and swore by an oath that he'd raise them up. And his church today with the glory, oh my, help us Lord to catch this, with the glory of his resurrection living in her. I am the vine, ye are the branches. So the life of the vine is coming through the branch. Every time the heart beats, the blood pulsates to every member of the body. It's life. That's blood is life. It's the spirit. It's the life of the body. Every time the he goes on, and every time the loyal heart of God beats, it pulsates through the name of Jesus Christ to the church. healing delivering it's the pulse of god his heartbeat oh god his heartbeat giving you life this morning some of you would have gave up a long time ago but it wasn't your heart it was his heart some of you would have turned away a long time ago but it wasn't you it was his heart pulsing come on son you're my son you ain't going nowhere Paul, Satan, through the body, through the church, amen, cleansing it of every disease. Amen, the blood flow, cleansing it from every disease, going through, making it work. Amen, making it happen, making it work. I hope my wife will forgive me, but we just had a doctor. The doctor was speaking about a woman's hormones, and she said that the, the, the reason why that they're having issues with the genetic or the synthetic hormones is because they made them in such a way that when they plug into a cell, it said it don't plug in correctly. It, God designed the body a certain way that when things plug into it, they're supposed to be identical. Right. <laughs> and so the way, that way the cell can receive life. They said when they put these synthetic hormones into you, it's like sticking your foot in that door. Your, door. your foot don't fill up the door, right? It don't fill up, so there's all kind of other openings around where it plugged into that cell, and so all these other things go begin to flow around where it's plugged in, and that's why it's, they found that it gives cancer into, into women because of that. Said, so don't do it in every woman, but in, in some that's more susceptible, they get cancer because that, that, that had been plugged in. That man-made synthetic thing had been plugged into that cell wasn't identical to the opening that was there. Right. That's why we got to be so careful that we're not preaching man-made creeds. And man-made dogmas and man-made ideas of things, amen, that man is conjured up somewhere. But we're preaching the Word of God. And it's cell to cell, bone to bone, flesh to flesh, life to life, spirit to spirit. And there ain't no room for a devil to get around it. He can't cross the bloodline. Hallelujah. And I say, God, let your Word come to us in power and truth. And I thank God for a ministry in this hour. A prophet of God who would go beyond all the things that were offered him, money and popularity, and stay with the true word of God. He wasn't building his own kingdom. Ain't a real man of God that'll do such a thing. It ain't about our kingdom. It's about his kingdom. And when that word plugged into my cells, I said, yes, Lord. That's life right there. It was the heart of God pulsing into the body. Hallelujah. Every time the heart of God, the loyal, the loyal, the loyal heart of God beats and pulsates through the name of Jesus Christ. Whatsoever you ask in my name, I'll do. I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. No wonder Peter said on the day of Pentecost, repent every one of you. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the... Whoa. He wasn't plugging in something weird. He knew what Jesus said when He said, "Go into all the world and baptize in the name, or in the in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost." He knew what the name was, right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> and so when He plugs it into the body, there ain't no room for some false birth somewhere. When it's truly plugged in, it has to bring forth the same life, the same spirit, the same everything. Uh, Because he knew that you shall be filled with life from the vine, the Holy Spirit giving forth his name. That if you're connected with him, you're connected with God because he's the root, the offspring of God. He came to the earth, the earth was made by him. He came to the world, the world knew him not after he was dying to give forth the blood cell to break that through the blood of Jesus Christ, a church now can be sanctified and put in order that the great Holy Spirit, which is the life of the vine, the eternal life of the vine, that Holy Spirit could pulse eight through every member of the church of the living God. It is a blood flow. God is so determined that his vine won't die. That he put his own life in it. And it's pulsating through every branch. It's pulsating in schools. It's pulsating in works. It's pulsating in church. It's pulsating in homes and everyday life. It's pulsating. God was so, he made up, he's so determined, this will not die. But it will last to the end of the world. His branches, his connection, his roots, his beginning was God. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Before there was a world, he was God. He was with God, the root and offspring of David, the morning star, the little of the valley. He was, his roots are wrapped around God, around the throne, around the kingdom of God. His roots are wrapped there. His life is spread now into the earth. He gave his life that we might go back, that he might go back to the roots and pulsate with the, through the branches with his church, showing forth the same results that he had when he was here on earth and make him again the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're making him again today, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, church of the living God, believe it's the truth. There he is. It's the true spirit of God moves upon the believer. Then whatever the scripture says, he'll say, amen. It's the Holy Ghost that wrote the Bible in him that begins Satan in his life. He don't care who's sitting around or what's going on. He could care less. It's always going to stay with the Word. Right. Whatever his Word is, let it be amen to you. Hallelujah. It's real. He says, oh, if this isn't real... Heavenly places in Christ Jesus, fortified by the Word, with the presence of the Spirit here, vindicating, proving to us, like He did in the early days, the same gospel, the same signs, the same wonders, the same God, the same Spirit, the same Word, bringing the same things to pass. And he said, People standing up, the Spirit falling upon people with gifts of prophecy. Prophecies: One will stand, the spirit of fall to speak with tongues. They'll speak in tongues, hold to peace, and another interpret it, and it shall come to pass. Oh, my, seeing our great power of the Holy Spirit changing our lives from a life of sin and bringing you out of that old thing and making you new creatures in Christ Jesus. He says, oh, how we thank the Lord. Can we thank him this morning? He's the same spirit. He's the same God living in us. Hallelujah. Let's just raise our hands right now and thank him. Thank him that we have the same life pulsating through our bodies, the same spirit of God moving in our hearts and our lives. Oh, Jesus, we love you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that we're not dead, but we've been made alive. We've been brought forth out of dead dogmas of denominations and dead creeds of man. Lord, sins of our lives that we lived a life of past and shame. But God, you rewrote our lives, Lord. You brought us out of the miry clay and we thank you, Lord. How we thank the Lord this morning. God, that we can have the same spirit. We can have the same life. We can have the same moving of the Holy Ghost in our hearts, in our homes, in our lives, in our church. Everywhere that we go, we can have it this morning because you're the same God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. We love you, Father. We praise you. We magnify your name, Lord. We glorify your name, Father. There's none like our God. What a great God you are. Lord, living in us, telling the world that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. We praise you, Almighty God. We praise you, Almighty God. We thank you, Father, Lord, for all your works. We thank you for all these lives you've changed. Lord, we see people, Lord, that wouldn't have been just been going down the wrong path. But God, rich in mercy, reach and turn us around. How we thank you, Lord. How we praise you, God, for your riches in grace and mercy and a life and a power that can not only leave us where we are, but lift us up to be sons and daughters of the King. Jesus, we love you. Hallelujah, we love you. Amen. Come on, musicians. What a mighty God we serve. What a God. What a God. Where's Brother Mike? Come on, Brother Mike. I don't have the voice. Jesus, we love you. Hallelujah. Whatever it would be on your heart. Let's just praise the Lord for a moment. Just let His Spirit move through our midst. The one we spoke about, if I've told the truth, He'll come back and back the word up. Just let Him blow through your life for a moment. Say, Spirit of God, move in my heart. Amen, move in my heart, Lord. Where there be something, if I got a little rock in there, cut it out, Lord. Lord, I don't want no law written down in my heart that I can't abide by. Cut that thing out and put me a heart of flesh and put your spirit there, Lord. Let it live in me, Father, I pray. Jesus granted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What a mighty God we serve. Lily of the Valley Let your sweet aroma fill